Welcome, everyone, back to the ExtraCast, the Outcast After Show show. I am Father Daniel. With me is Father Nathan. And that scuttling of scratches that you hear in the background is, of course, the altar boy. Gentlemen. <laughs> Hi. Oh, God. What is wrong with you guys tonight? One of you is wailing. One of you is doing whatever the hell that just was. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Extra Cast, where we are going to review episode eight tonight. Uh, does anyone know what the name of this episode is? The uh, Outcast Days of Future Past. The Rage Inside. Uh, no, and no. Anyone care to take a second guess? Mm, uh, pulling from within. Um, Alter Boy, do you have a second one? Uh, the Sydney Epidemic. <laughs> okay. It's called What Lurks Within. Oh, I was just, I was dancing around it. <laughs> Without <laughs> and within and pushing and pushing it in. Alter, Alter Boy, you ever have your shit pushed in? Uh, put, no, no. Missing it's, out? Uh, it's a con- continuous one-way flow out always. Continuous? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop. <laughs> I've, I've had my shit problem. pushed in. Yeah? Yeah. I've had my shit pushed in, bro! Like someone slowly depressing a doorbell, like it's pushing a, the doorbell button. Yeah, like someone like your turd came out and in slow motion, imagining someone's figure <laughs> hitting the tip of the turd and just pushing it back in. This is getting out of hand. Ever you know, so delicately, Sister, Sister uh, Chelsea was gonna come on tonight to put a cap on how vile we were in the last episode, and now look where we've gone. Yeah, we're going straight to. Off the rails. Pushing shit analogies. Yeah. You started this questioning. I want that known. Put that down. Alter Boy, write that down. You can also, Alter Boy, you can also write down that I was trying to mock and have fun with you. I didn't anticipate um, Father Daniel coming up with analogies for having your shit pushed in. I didn't Mm. see it going there. He just dives right in. He can't help himself. Yep. It happens. It's a problem. It's you know what else, what else happens? You know what else is a problem? Uh, pedophilia. Yes. Child kidnapping. Yes. Uh, uh, working lock- at an arcade where you are in contact with kids all the time. A Ooh. job I, I applied for as soon as I done. I was finished watching the episode. Yep, you were like, oh, I never. Of course, <laughs> it's the perfect job. <laughs> Can we all agree that uh, Brent Spiner suits that role? Yeah. Yep. Like he, he fits the like oh now it makes sense. Yeah. He's better at playing the pedophile than he is at playing Sydney. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of yeah, because you know, you've enjoyed him as data for so many years, you never thought of him that way, but enough time has passed where I am ready to accept him as a pedophile. Oh, what if that's data's deep dark secret and he's like so He's such a perfect little android that he's hidden it for 35 years, but just cutaways to him on grainy video feed, just robotically <laughs> fucking a child. Like, I what do not do? feel love. I do not feel love. You were blaming me for being vile, and that's what you, that's where you're going? <laughs> Dude, he would have had to need, he would have needed like a, a programming chip for that. Like, he would have needed a pedophile chip or something, or something would have, his circuits would have had to have crossed. Like, he walks into a, an empty bay on the starship where there's a little boy playing with like control panels and he just walks out to the little boy and bends over and goes, run. (laughs) Right. I do like how they um, filmed this though or wrote it or or whatever. 
just he he goes back for the second popsicle and i'm like oh no oh, oh no are one. you going to oh there's the padded room oh no and i was like oh yes oh yes there's a padded room <laughs> jesus christ and you're like that's exactly where i would have put it <laughs> right I have popsicles in my freezer at all points in time, just in case the opportunity arises. And he never only takes one out of the freezer. Right? It may not okay. go to a little boy, but it's definitely going into someplace not his mouth. Why are you guys doing this? That's how you get your shit put in. <laughs> With a popsicle? I thought we were I thought we were all on the same page here. <laughs> uh, wow. Nathan, come on, what are you doing? Um, All right. Is that how we start this episode out? Is that does it go right to the backstory of Sydney? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it and then it cuts after the credits to Sydney getting arrested by the Reginald or by uh, what's his name? By the Reginald. Well, by his real name's Reg. Chief. The actor. Giles. Yeah, Chief Maybe Giles is arresting him in the morning because he assaulted is. Reverend Anderson because he carved a pentagram into Reverend Anderson's chest. Right. But before we get before we go on with that though, I want to talk about the backstory with with Sydney a little bit because it shows his possession or his obs- No, that doesn't happen yet. Does that not that doesn't happen yet? We don't see that one no. yet. Okay, never mind then. You just see the kid who looks an awful lot like our ginger friend here. Oh, so mm, he likes him. This little kid looks like every per- everybody. Shut your mouth. It looks like every kid because he is attracted to every kid. I thought it was Kyle Barnes for a bit. Ooh. You touch yeah, me? but it's not. It's just a random kid. Unless that yeah. kid, Maybe it's Reverend Anderson as a kid. Now, was it the one that was shitty at the arcade or the one that was like trying to be nice? No, it was, it the, was nice the shitty one. one. It was the nice one. It was the shitty one that looked like Aaron. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be. I thought, oh, yeah. I okay. thought he for sure would have the shitty one tied up. But no, he liked the, the, the nice one, mm-hmm. which is scary. You like the innocence. That's not scary. That's that's pedophilia at its best. They want the uncorrupted, the innocent, the beautiful flower. The peta pedopoetry. They want to taint it. I can't keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I thought about going deeper, but I can't. Go, you all the answer is always go deeper. <laughs> that's what she said. Hey. Okay. Hey Um Yeah, so Sydney gets arrested. And then we have a little uh, drama drama with the Holters here in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. More of this. You don't let me in. I don't want you in. You're always right. Even when you're wrong, you're right. Yeah. Well, that's that's marriage. Yeah. Just move along. Also, that problem aside, how are we not going to have our family destroyed and be kicked out on the street? How about we think about that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just continue being moody here in the kitchen? Clean something. I'll be back. Yeah. Let's deal with your rapist that I beat the shit out of. How about that? You going to let me in on that? It's time, time to go kill him. It is time. Yeah, I think we discussed that before. Like, there's, they're gonna have to garner a favor from someone, either Kyle or Sydney or someone, to just put this guy into a coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just run over him with the police car that he'd have to steal. Yeah, or, or. What if, because you know. Not all the people that are dicks or evil in this show have beings inside of them. Like, actually, for the most part, the people that are kind of evil and, and, and are inherently bad don't really need one or don't seem to attract one right away. 
So what if Kyle takes the goo out of someone and puts it into him and then alters his personality altogether and that way like removes the issue and he like no longer wants to sue or be involved in any of this. So was that a prediction? I Yes, I think that he's going to I think that Kyle's going to try to take something out of him and realize there's nothing in him to take out and then gonna have to put something in. Um I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm not sure. I mean, are we talking about yeah, multiple demons inside of one guy becoming a new villain, I like th- Reverend Anderson. Yeah, Reverend Anderson. Here's the, I think we need to talk about the notion that these might not be demons, and that's why the Reverend's work is not working because these are. This is not a religious matter. Mm. What about the, all the references to the apocalypse and how they find their way through the dark forest, and Kyle Barnes is the match. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's might be open to interpretation. I mean, the merge, the this, the that. I mean, these could be like interdimensional beings. They could have some sort of spark of evil in them. I mean, they are just jumping into our bodies without asking. But a lot of the feedback from characters in the show that have had this thing inside of them and then had it removed successfully, they don't they don't want it gone. Yes, uh, I also feel like it's a manipulative tactic. We're You're forgetting right. about uh, the guy that you know was possessed by a demon, and then a moment later was raping his his wife's friend or his his friend's wife. Well, the first the first uh, two days are are rough. Yeah, yeah. Sure, a- but even if the t- first two days are rough, what does that mean? You just settle in, and then one day attack your child. His mom was trying to kill him. I think but there's only within the first two days. Yeah, I think there's a fight. I think there's like a fight that happens within as the the intruder takes over the host body. And I think that fight, that internal fight, uh, reflects in just being very, very violent. Or in the case of the guy that rapes his friend's wife, he had been fawning over her and obsessing over her for a long time before that thing came into his body. It just sort of triggered or allowed something that normally would have been prohibited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he was tied to the bed... And, and tied to the chair inside this dark room inside the prison. A few days had passed by then, and he was completely normal. <clears throat> he had totally neutralized by that point, right? No, I think that's why there might be a tendency to avoid people that are... But then then you have to make the case for Sydney because then his, his transition is relatively smooth. In fact, you might... And this might feed into my argument that it may kind of makes him a little bit better of a person. Possibly, but I'm just... I, I think that the... The the perfect cop character is an exception to this rule that's being made, and same thing with the old lady. Well, I've already forgotten her name. Gail. What was her name? Meredith. Mildred. Or oh, Mildred. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thank God you're here, Alter Boy. Um, like she, her her story kind of changes then too, right? Because she's managed to coexist inside of her body with the other person and almost fused together, basically. And now, after years and years and years, she tried to renew and was told no. So that's another part of the journey. So that's another side of this. And then the perfect cop that, yeah, raped his friend's wife, he didn't normalize. He was fucking crazy. So, But he was a good guy. He was a pure person to begin with, was he not? Or is this bringing out something else? Are there just demons or possessing entities that are more evil than others? Right. This could be, just imagine if, 
all of us were going to die in some weird cosmic thing that we don't understand. And we had this opportunity to like jump dimensions into other bodies. It'd be everyone that went over, right? The good and the bad. I'm thinking maybe it's something like that as opposed to just straight demons coming over and like hell on earth merging with with the skies or what. And, you know, I think it might be a little bit of a twist. Interdimensional travel, escaping another dimension's demise. Something like that. I don't know how convoluted they're going to get, but I have the feeling, judging from some of the way people react to the possessions, that this is more or less, depending on how you look at it, than demons. Well, possession is just the beginning. Yeah, that would actually ring with that tagline. So you're saying that I'm nailing it. I've noted that down. Oh, really? Nailed it. So Kyle tells the Reverend that Sidney was arrested and Reverend Anderson takes off. No, he's going to win. That's what he wants. He's the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is so losing it. He is on like... Uh, he's been up. You know, he, he went way down, looking at it, looking over his tapes, and coming to the realization that the last fifteen years of his work has been for nothing. And then he goes way in the opposite direction, trying to get super like brooding and religious, and bringing back the old like fire and brimstone sermons. And now he's just like a wa- like lost at sea. He's just floating around, waiting for his <laughs> congregation to come back to him. And Aaron yeah. is a son of a bitch little kid. He's such a fucking dick what are you talking about his mom loves him which means he's got to have some goodness in him because his reaction to her is priceless in this i love you son why don't you just want the same thing for me he's like so confused yeah (laughs) he's like but i just called you a cunt Why, (laughs) why are you loving me and then that kind that kind of brings it back to a religious thing which is like even in the face of evil show your goodness because it's off kiltering like that but yeah i don't know yeah that was strange but this kid is a fucking piece of shit it's a big time piece of shit um so next up we're back at uh prison here with the reverend and chief do they have have... do they have a little oh yeah the reverend and the chief what is is the reverend doing there what did he what did he want to do let's listen in situation getting much better in fact your little show proves to me that i need to get up on out of the back seat that that's your bigger plan of action right I mean, hell, you can't arrest all of them. If it helps to keep the town safe, I can sure as hell try. It's his word against mine. Oh, I can find some people who'll swear they witnessed him assaulting you if it comes to that. And they made you chief. Look, Johnny. I want to know who this son of a bitch is. It's like he just came down from the sky. Well, now you can give him any name you want. To me, he's a perp until I hear different. That's just how I'm going to treat him. Yep. It's just how I'm going to treat him. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll break the law and bend it in the way that I want to to make sure this guy stays where I want him to stay. Man, Chief Giles, you know. Yeah, what's he so, doing? He's got such strong character. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to get himself in trouble, I think. He's willing he to like, bend the rules all the time and go on emotional man hunts and yeah he's not very stable of a chief well he wasn't the first choice for chief he was what was left over so after the just leftovers yeah and then amber and kyle go and visit grandma and she pokes her face (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with her (laughs) that's it come on now it's your grandmama you know that i had to take the goop out of her 
It's bullshit. Look at her. And they're gonna give her a funny hairdo. Also, that's mommy. how they bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Playing with his mom's comatose corpse. Yep. And now Aaron is coming to break into Sydney's and what used to be what what's the guy's name that died that he just took over his house? <laughs> yeah, he's just I'll just start living here. Yeah, and how come everybody knows where that is? Like I don't understand. Well, it's right across from uh from Kyle's place. Also, real loose, real loose on the residential laws around here. You can just show up and be like, oh, no, he's my friend, and then just own his house. Yeah, Norville. Norville, yeah. Yeah, so Aaron comes and breaks into Norville's house slash Sydney's new house that he just took. <laughs> and uh, Kyle now, because he now has his daughter with him, has to pawn that daughter off on a babysitter. So that has now that is his sister's role in the show now. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, she doesn't work, so, and neither does her husband, so they have a lot of spare time. Yeah, and it's like one of those like misogynist things where you're like, here, you have one of these two, right? Just clump them together and sit them in the backyard. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do if I had kids. Oh, I would pawn them off my sister as quick as I could. Actually, I, I've, got, I've got a padded room and some ice cream. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was about to say that was a low blow on Mark Holter saying that he was unemployed, but I didn't even get the chance to say it before you sickened me with that <laughs> new one. Except, wow. Except when Andrew bends down to them, he's like, you ever had your shit pushed in? <laughs> okay, so moving along, white picket fences, town. Oh, I thought, uh, I thought you were like, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts of the episode, where the reverend abducts this woman. <laughs> yeah. It's the uh, fire chief's wife. Well, I know who it is. And in just to like include it here, they 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 mention later that the tire was slashed. Like the Reverend just set this up. <laughs> yeah, he totally poked that tire with the knife. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, let's listen to him uh, lie. Oh, it's so good. If you'd have let me do you a good turn. I don't know, Reverend. Come on. All right. It's them driving away. I'm I'm surprised that he he held it together. That's usually the kind of scene where they go they they try twice to be nice. They're like, oh no, come on, I'll give you a ride. It's all right, get in the car. And they're like, no, 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 thanks. I'll just walk. No, no, it's all right. You don't. It's a hot day. You don't want to go walking around now. Why don't you just get in the car? And they're like, I really appreciate get in the fucking car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the fact that he could keep it together like that means that his deception is at a level of uh, evil character. I think he's going to be the. He's going to mutate and transform into the evil presence of this show. I think so. I think because his, like he's interpreting having this big spiritual failure, I think you're right. I think he misses that grandiose uh, role-playing that he was doing before, and now he's just this pathetic nothing that's been marked. And so, But he's going to convince himself that he's right, almost like Michael Shannon, Boardwalk Empire style. Yeah. Just like, like slowly I, convince himself of... Like, he'll cross the line and then accept his new position. Right. Like, Kyle is actually the devil. I was wrong the whole time. And I need to be eating all the goop that he removes to get powerful enough to defeat him. Twisting <laughs> oh, this around to satisfy your own predictions. <laughs> okay, so one of, the most interesting one of the most interesting scenes here is right now. 
where Kyle gets to go and have a one-on-one with Sydney in the cell. Mm-hmm. Little outcast versus outcast. Seems like they're both outcasts, really. A little bit. Maybe they buddy up. Um, what do they discuss during their little conversation, Father Nathan? Uh, well, let's let's find out. How often do you go see your mother, Kyle? Once a month? Christmas? Birthday? You'd drag your little girl along if you remember to? She'd been in that bed for years. Ever since you put her there. Who are you? I'll take you right out of this man, I swear. I've done it before. And you've hurt a lot of people in the process. Is I don't give a shit about you. You take this out of me. You will leave behind a monster. I love that that sound when people are done being choked. They're like, <laughs> "Why do you love that sound?" I don't know. It just makes me laugh. That makes you sound really creepy to the audience. <laughs> it's so funny. I really love that sound when they're just gasping for for air when you let go. It's because it 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 hits that like pathetic level on me, just like that clip of Timothy Hutton. The, ah. <laughs> it's it's in that same vein. It's that like. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's keep listening. And I wound up with a real winner. You say, why does it happen to people around me? You're like a, like a match flickering through the trees of a dark forest. It gives us something to grow toward. Interesting choice of words. Gives us something to grope towards. Yes. I said grow. Because I say grope. Grope. Yeah. Because I like that visual that that phrase that phrasing inspires, but I don't like the way it rolls out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels a little awkward. But the point is, the reason why we're playing all these clips is because it's random. Yeah. They're shedding light on this, almost like it's implying what we were talking about before, that they're they're coming from somewhere, whether that is a heavenly body or an ethereal plane or a dimensional travel of some kind. They are coming from somewhere deep in the darkness of the fabric of reality and randomly entering hosts parasitically and fusing their personalities together. And they may not necessarily be demonic or evil. Yeah, they touch on it a little bit back in that episode where Sydney goes to see uh, Mildred, where she's all, you know, whiny about the fact that her body's not going to make it to the merge. And he's like, hey, you know, you get what you get. Uh, continue. 
Well, that's a good point. You brought up the merge. So there is an agenda. There is a leader. There is some sort of takeover. Or no, this is just a merge of two different realities coming together. And they're all gravitating towards Kyle because he is a match in a dark wilderness. Something for- is now a danger to everyone around him. So now, after learning this, he's going to take his daughter and try to hide her somewhere or put her somewhere far away from this so that we get her out of the picture. Is that what's going to happen? I I don't know. I think Kyle's going to start uh, just having conversations like cup of tea with uh, all these folk. Yeah. Doesn't uh, want to yes. hurt him anymore. Well, that's evident in the later happenings of this episode. Speaking of the later happenings, here we have the Reverend Dragging's. <laughs> Taking Cat to Kyle's house and using it as like a, you afraid of the house? Huh? You afraid of the house? Let's go inside. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you something to grow toward. Yeah. He chases her down and tackles her on the front lawn. Meanwhile, Aaron (laughs) is watching from Sydney's. Well, Norville's. He's inside Norville's house. Well, it's Sydney's now. And, um, yeah, he's just always has this placid look on his face. And it's almost like they're being told to act that way so that you question whether or not anyone has a parasitic entity inside of them. Yeah. Uh, but we find out that he doesn't. Yeah, we do find out that he, um, is just wanting to sign up (laughs) into some evil legion that may or may not exist. Yeah. Hey, if this kid wasn't such a dick. I would say that this would be like me in that situation. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'd do that too. I'd be like looking around. I'd be like, oh shit, there is definitely an apocalypse happening here. And then just run to some guy that I know is full of demons and be like, listen. <laughs> How? But there's all, there, the contrast with the opening of the episode and the struggle and plight of Sydney overcoming the pedophilic mind that he's sharing this this body with so for for this kid to show up in his house (laughs) is to what tempt that parasitic other half and just keep that tension there like i don't oh but not the parasitic half the original half yeah saying did i say parasitic half i thought i I said pedophilic half oh that's tough roughly the same thing like is is he old enough now that we should be using hepophile instead of pedophile? <laughs> or is he already aged out of like the narrow pedophilic bracket that he enjoys and he's now just another disgusting person like everyone else? No, I think uh I think he's tempted. Is does it does that mean in this scenario, this kid, what's his name? Aaron? Mm-hmm. Does he have more goop withdrawing power than Kyle? Because he puts Sydney into like a direct conflict with his host being in a way that no other person in this show can. So Kyle would have to use this kid, like just start taking clothes off of him, and Sydney's dropping to his knees, like, no. <laughs> what if Kyle starts using his daughter? Oh, God, like as a best bait? Yeah. As demon bait? Okay, guys, let's bring it back. <laughs> Aaron, before he has his conversation with the. With with Sydney inside of Norville's house, he gets Sydney out of prison by lying about what he saw. Yep. He says he saw Reverend cut the pentagram into his own chest. <laughs> and he can prove it because the Reverend's crazy and took someone. 
But is the Reverend getting marked with that pentagram because he is evil? Maybe. Or maybe a pentagram means something more than we think it does. Or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Things are starting to open up. I think you guys could all, everyone here can agree that this show is opening up. The possibilities of where this is going is becoming much broader than ever before. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I would say, and more interesting. Yes, I agree. And wasn't that promised at the beginning? This is like the possession thing that is going to go in a direction that nobody's seen before. Yeah, but we didn't believe any yeah. of that, did we? It didn't really feel that way at the get-go. Yeah, he it's didn't true. come out and say like, oh, don't worry, guys. This is a five-season story. So this first season is just going to be like building up the role. That's why they automatically renewed it for season two, because they have to let the story expose itself before they can make a decision. Yeah, even if it tanks in season two, they're still like, well, see, see, we told you that it changed. <laughs> it was something you never saw before, right? Admit it. Yeah. Um, so the fire chief, Kat's husband, lets us know some more things when he's talking to Chief Giles, um, exposing what the camper was for, that yeah. he's, that Kat's almost like a, what, like a foster parent for new parasitic beings or demons. Like she helps yeah. them go through the transition and they <coughs> use the camper and lock people inside while they freak out for two days. <laughs> yeah, it's their safe, safe box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is their safe, safe box. Are, uh, you, are you possessed, Alter Boy? I have a connection with all these little parasitic beings. Yeah, he just like clutches his dirty shirt and peeks through his his rag curtain from his safe, safe box as people walk by in the streets. And he's like, suck the demon out of you. Suck the demon out of you. Then <laughs> <laughs> rain, so, crackle of thunder. You know... They were saying before that you can have, um, like, you can coexist and and come together like this. But the fire chief said that his wife, every time she has something, it's like she's having it for the first time. Yeah, the wife must Which be... means, I feel like that's not really sharing your body if everything you have is like for the first time. That means that the parasitic being is really taking full control. That's That's a good point. It also brings up that because this woman seems to have seems to be functioning the most harmoniously with her intruder, uh, is there something to agreeing to like take a back seat and let the other consciousness experience things? I think we could go back to the landscaper guy's description of having uh, what a screw like a drill happening in the top of his head and then filling with warmth. Yeah. Maybe it's about how much you fight it or how much you let it happen. If you accept the warmth and welcome it and just give into it, then you completely and totally hand over to the parasitic being. And if you don't, if you resist, then that's what creates the conflict and the hate and the and the uh, the anger and the physical violence. Yeah. Now, can I can I ask you guys like a, a, a this this is a serious question. Um it's unacceptable. Other than Kyle's sex scene with his wife, uh, why is this show on Cinemax and not just on AMC? Yeah, I don't know. It's like The Walking Dead is a hundred times more violent than this show is, and the content is not that offensive or crazy in, in any sort of religious way or anything like that that would make it taboo. 
I don't know why it's not just on AMC as like another like, hey, you fucking like the guy that made Walking Dead, right? He, we love that show. Here's his other show about demons or what could be demons. I think you might have offend executives or people over at Cinemax with that comment. Like, oh, hey, there's no tits or like ridiculous violence. This should be on a different channel. But isn't that what Cinemax is known for? Look, they obviously saw an opportunity to grab the rights to something that is very popular or Kirkman's, you know, presence is worth handing over some money to buy the rights for. And maybe AMC was just hesitating. They're like, oh, we have a third Walking Dead show on the horizon. You guys have fun with Outcast and then all the board bickers and, and, and giggles with each other. We're only dealing with Kirkman if there's Walking Dead in the title. Maybe this outcast, just as possession is just the beginning, maybe that sex scene with his wife is just the beginning. Maybe there is more to come. Let's hope so. Oh, like there's a new like hybrid outcast demon baby inside of her? Look, Father Daniel. Father Nathan. My head is bad. All I'm saying is that there may be some crazy shit on the horizon that they need Cinemax's arena to execute correctly. Yeah. The execs well, like, they got to go to a brothel. Yeah. They, the execs tweet out. They're like, don't worry. Huge sodomy scene on the horizon. Right. <laughs> Hashtag offensive. Yeah. Hashtag Aaron. Hashtag black goo or black poo. Hashtag Sydney and Ginger. Uh, all right, let's push the ship back in here, guys. <laughs> oh, good I need, one. I need one of those. Let's, let's talk about the Reverend being confronted by Kyle in the living room with Cat and how the Reverend forces Kyle. He grabs hand. Kyle's hand. Yeah, <laughs> on to Cat's face because he's this so the best kind of uh, exorcism that could happen i feel like more should happen like this yeah it's like tertiary exorcism he's literally using kyle as a tool like you like a tool to be unholstered <laughs> let's let's listen in here come on i'll take you home How he turned the people against me. They were laughing at me. Now, if, if I could bring her back, they'll be packing my church every week. Every week. <laughs> her blubbering in the background is great. <laughs> it's all about his church congregation. It's all about the people following him. They were laughing at me. <laughs> he wants to stand up in front of a crowd of people and have and be the leader of all these people, right? So. Yep, you're right. I think he is falling from grace. I think he is going to be the... He's yep. shown a lot of pride. He can't get away from these vices. He's just self-absorbed. Yeah. Did any of us predict he was going to lose his fucking job? <laughs> no, I didn't think that was going to happen. No, you could see it coming, though. And Nathan, uh, excuse me, Father Start Nathan. Wait, I, don't, I want prediction. Oh. Reverend Anderson is going to start a cult. Yes. Yes, he will, and it'll become a powerful one. It'll be like the the poor, the poor sect from Game of Thrones. They're carved little pentagrams into their foreheads and wear rags. Prediction. (laughs) 
Reverend Anderson's crossing the line moments, like Michael Shannon drowning the guy who's he's who he's baptizing in Boardwalk Empire. His crossing the line moment will be killing Aaron's mom. Ooh, accidentally. Oh, and that's and gonna not, a, not Aaron, hey. And that's gonna test Aaron's resolve because is he gonna stay on the evil side and be like, oh, fuck my mom, she's a cunt anyway. Or is he going to be like, oh, shit, it just got real. Shit well, just got real. Aaron's going to have some trouble when Sydney starts pushing his shit back in. Yeah. I, now, um, if, if we're talking about the scene where the Reverend is getting uh, fired by the mayor and the church council, what was that? Board of the... He's the deacon. The deacon? Okay. Um, there is... A great f bomb drop by by the reverend in there. Did you happen to capture that or have it available? Um, I'm not quite there in the show. I'm I'm currently watching Megan and and Mark make make up, and Mark sold the truck, and let's all look forward, and I'm gonna get your wedding ring back. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, he just sells. They they get some. They get enough money to survive a little bit longer. They they have to loop back around and touch on that little side story so we can get back to the interesting shit. And here's the scene you were asking for. Where have you been? Have a seat. You're offering me a seat in my own home. This house belongs to God and the people of this congregation, not you. Chairman of the Board of Deacons, I convened an emergency meeting this morning. Well, I guess that would explain why none of you are at the service. You think this is a joking matter? After your behavior, that hideous mutilation you displayed to the town? I'm not proud of that incident, and I plan to make a full apology during my sermon next Sunday. John, But I will not apologize for the message that I am sending out. There is a disease in this town. And it's spreading like a wildfire. Now, you, you can sit there with your smug, self-righteous looks on your faces. Or you can open your fucking eyes to the devil in your midst. Or <laughs> informed the district council of your termination. Open your fucking eyes. <laughs> yeah. Your smug, pretentious faces and open your fucking eyes. <laughs> <laughs> is this moody bitch on the couch, is she a demon? I don't know. It's tough. It's tough, Nate. It's tough, Father Nathan, to understand. She is just like she is very calmly like picking at lint, and they make Girl. a point showing her picking lint off of her leg or off the couch or something. They're really she's good pretty, lampshades. Yeah, she comes. She's very calm. Yeah, she's she either she's either a demon or she's just never liked the Reverend. Ah, uh, and it's like yeah. finally, good point. And yeah, and 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 hey, I didn't know he could be fired, but. I, yeah, he should be fired. Just fucking went in front of a huge crowd of people, the entire town, and like showed that he has a pentagram carved into his chest, frantically pointing at someone and calling them the devil. Yeah, you're done at that point. You're out. And I didn't realize that you were living there in 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 the church, and that that could be taken away from you as well. So now you're you're also homeless. Yep. Yeah. And only one place to go. Patricia. Files. What? Oh, right. Now his lady, he's got to go shack up with his lady. She's the only one that has seen him perform something, you know, impressive because she's still on his side and thinks that he uh, retains some sort of divine power. And then one of the most important scenes of this episode, Kyle 
explaining to his sister what happened what actually happened between him and his wife and his daughter oh thank god and that the cl- and he clarifies that she is remembering and he recognizes that she is remembering and that is why she's gone and that she's going to hurt herself potentially and they have to find her so yeah, he has she, he has a new mission he has a new focus she can't live with herself with the knowledge she now has which means like this is about i mean we talked about this before it's a half measure right he should have walked out of that house and she should have been hanging from the tree am i right yeah get that character out of here yeah she should have already done it no she's the best part what the wife is the best oh because you like the nakedness is that it yeah Oh, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, she's she's, like a... the, she's the reason this is on this network. So we got to keep her around so that we can have more reason for the network to be around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason why. And like from now on, you're doing all of your scenes topless. Uh, same like seriousness, just topless. Okay, and go. Wow. Okay, and then we have the uh, the meeting between Aaron and Sydney. Oh, temptation. Mm. Yeah, the temptation's Juicy. rolling around in his mind. Sexy. <laughs> Let's listen into that. Does your mama know where you are? What? Go home while you're still safe. I don't want to go home. Not if he's going to be there. What do I get the feeling we're talking about a mutual friend? Anderson. I want him out of my life. A lot or a little. So... Is this the first of many that are going to come to Sydney and ask him to help? Well, he's his own little beacon. He does have more control over other people. Yeah, he's like the other other I forget what you called them. Anyway. Beings? Parasitic beings. Yeah. Parasitic entities. Entities, yeah. yeah he's like a dark beacon. Also, speaking of the word he's, beacon, every time I see this episode, I, I'm like hovering when he's describing it to Kyle. And he's like, you're like, uh, my brain goes beacon, 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 beacon. And then he goes, match in the fourth. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we should refer to them now as PEs. PEs or P's. No, I do not agree with this. <laughs> okay. Can we refer to Kyle as a beacon? That's full of P's. Instead of a match, do you want to refer to Kyle as a beacon? There, yeah, yeah, he is uh, a beacon. He should no, be the I, beacon. I disagree. I disagree. He was described as a match. We're going to refer to him as a match. <laughs> I will write in now. Hashtag beacon. Hashtag match. Show us your side. And then the Reverend and Patricia get it on a little bit. She touches his pentagram, and then they start making out. Oh, yeah, she likes it. Mm-hmm. She's like, have you been, have you been fighting? Mm-hmm. Been fighting, Reverend. Because she looks like the kind of woman that loves tattoos, and that's like the ultimate tattoo. Scarification? Woof. Hot. Yeah, that's not going away. No, 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 no. And it's not healing right either. That's going to be a textural tattoo. Yeah, you're going to be able to touch that forever. <laughs> and then they end the episode with uh, with some 
some dinner. Resolution. No, they're bringing resolution to the flashback of Sydney's origins and how he walks in with the knife into the padded room and oh. cuts the kid free and then says, run. And then credits. It's so yeah. Sh- yeah, it's kind of... It's weird, too, that his... Why is Sydney's transformation or possession or whatever so smooth by comparison? Like, Kyle's mother fought with it for days and beat up her son and threw him in a closet. And he just, like, had a little, oh, in the kitchen. He fell over. Who knows how long he was out for. And then just sort of got up like, okay, and there's a boy. Uh, Weirdly, I want to kill him and or fuck him, but I have business to do, so run. He's got to eat some more ice cream on his own. Gentlemen, um, we are two episodes away from the end of season one. That means that we have one more and then the season finale. It's true. The House of Exorcast has almost come time to close its doors, but there's two more, and then I bet they're going to shove a lot of shit in these last two. I think so. I think so. And the name of the next episode is called Close to Home. It says... Kyle searches for Allison, which I think we all assumed. Megan is rocked by surprising news. And my favorite part of this synopsis, Anderson makes a bad situation worse. Yes. Mm. Alter boy, would you like to lead us in prayer? I would. I would if we could uh, all hold hands. Yeah, I like to, um, I like to hold mine on the bottom. You, you have the top one. Okay. That's nice, firm grip. I I would like to thank your hands are really soft. Our Lord, I know I moisturize before I <laughs> enter the padded room. Mm-hmm. Um, like to thank the Lord, um, for children and for their presence in this show. I would also like to thank the Lord for our conversation at the beginning of the ship being pushed in because the last scene. We saw a shit-stained boy running down the street for his life. And thank you, God, for the Sydney origin story. The best one so far. Amen. Um, amen. Amen. Wow, we're going to get some letters on that one. <laughs> thank, thank God for pedophilia is basically the message. That was disgusting, altar boy. What? My hands weren't that, like... They were soft, but not moist. I, I actually didn't put that together, that the kid had an ass, like a, a shit stain on his pants. I didn't put that together. It wasn't a shit stain, it was melted popsicle. Shoved it in his ass crack and just closed, just tightened. Um, so, Father Daniel, where, what are we doing here? Where do they go? <laughs> Let's get out of here before the intern... Yeah. Oh, excuse me, the oh, altar boy. Go? You don't want to tell them where where where, the, where to go. I think after that, sadsackstudios.com. Yeah, sadsackstudios.com. That'll be where you can find more episodes of the Extracast or other shows that we do. Uh, some mini series like True Detective. Um, what else we got up there? Uh, Advantage Deuce. <laughs> there's, yeah. There's of course commentaries that you can sync up uh, with some of our favorite bad movies. Uh, but Sad Sack Studios is, of course, the mothership. That's where you can go to find everything. Branch out. Explore. All the little things that we do. Most of the time, it's the okay. same voices, just jumbled around in different positions. But sometimes, there's other people, too. Mm-hmm. And you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow uh, Daniel at 100 Lunatics or at Sad Sack Studios. Or you can follow me at 
Tea Park Podcast. You can follow the intern at the intern TPP. I don't know why you would want to go near him at this point after that sermon, but um, it is what it is. You get more dirty details on Twitter. The soft hands thanking the Lord for pedophilia only here on the Exercast. You're it's welcome. bullshit. Look at her. Yeah, you're barely registering on Audacity. This must be something that you're doing wrong. Yeah. Andrew, can I get you to check your levels? Yeah. Can you fix whatever it is that you're doing wrong? It'd be great if you could. Also, yeah. while you do it, can you complain about how you never change anything? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Can you can you whine while you fix whatever it is that you did wrong? How's this? That's better. Well, I don't it, understand why it's, it's every registering time. registering that you exist, but now we need you to be audible. Yeah, can we bring up the fact that every time you come on, you say, oh, fuck, and then you fix it right away. How do you fix it? And why don't you just come in at that the next time? I don't. I change the volume. Good. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're, that's yeah. that's very close to where we very need close. you to be. Yeah, a little very, bit more. That better? There we go. There we go. Welcome. So, I have a bit of an issue. 